is Jazz Shapers with Elliot Moss on Jazz FM. Listen in colour. In partnership with Mishkondorea. It's business, but it's personal. That was Dave Brubeck with Unsquared Dance. Great way to start the programme here on Jazz FM. Good morning. This is Jazz Shapers with me, Elliot Moss. Thank you so much for joining me. Jazz Shapers is the place where you can hear the very best of the people who are shaping the world of jazz, blues and soul. And we put them right alongside their equivalents in the world of business and we call them business shapers. My business shaper today, I'm very pleased to say, is Robert Nadler. He's the chief exec and founder of the Nadler Hotel Group. And there are four of them and there are more coming and they're a really interesting concept and they've kind of redefined the category and you're going to be finding out lots about what he's doing and really interestingly what he has been doing in the past lots coming up from robert in addition to hearing from robert you'll be hearing from our program partners at mish gondorea some words of advice for your business and then we've got the music of course from the shapers of jazz blues and soul we've got louis armstrong branford marsalis alfredo rodriguez and this from dd bridgewater The jaunty sound of Dee Dee Bridgewater with Whoopin' Blues. Robert Nadler is my business shaper, as I said earlier. He's the CEO and founder of the Nadler Hotel Group. Um, he's also been the CEO of publicly listed Compco Holdings. It's a real estate company, if you didn't know. That was a while back. And he's also been a policeman in Soho, apparently. Robert, thank you for joining me. It's a real pleasure. Lovely to be here today. Thank you. Now, tell me about your hotels. Let's start there and then we'll go backwards. They're a bit different. Explain the difference to me. Explain why there's no bar, there's no restaurant, there's no swimming pool, but there's just this really cool space. What, what, where did that idea come from? And give me a little bit more about what the actual thing is. Uh, the idea came from a, actually a problem-solving exercise. I'd invested in a, a scheme that uh, went wrong, and uh, the, the solution to it was uh, to create what we have today. Uh, and it's a mini-kitchen in every room that differentiates uh, us from a conventional hotel. It's not a full kitchen. It's not a dining experience. Uh, but the real heart and soul of our business is a sustainability, and in particular, social sustainability. I mean, you've got to be green today. You've got to be crazy not to be green. You've got to be on another planet. Um, but in terms of social sustainability, that's an aspect that a lot of businesses don't take on board, and that's working with the local community. And if, you, if you're in a hotel in a central location, uh, what do you need a bar or a restaurant in the hotel for? They're around, they should be all around you. We're very fortunate in our locations, and that's key to uh, where we grow. Soho, Victoria, Kensington, and all around us, we have a plethora of amazing restaurants, bars, gyms, other facilities. Why would we need to replicate those? Guests don't want to eat in a hotel restaurant. They want to go in the. They want to enjoy the best that is around them, you're and that's what Liv- we offer them. And you're in Liverpool as well. We are in Liverpool in the Rope Walks, which is a fabulous part of Liverpool. It's a little bit like the Soho of Liverpool, mm. but fa- fabulously central, dynamic, growing, and interesting. Um, and this sustainability thing you talk about, I love this phrase, social sustainability. When you opened your first hotel, wh- when was that? That was in 2006 in Kensington. Was that a new idea, this idea of um, of actually e- 
intentionally connecting externally rather than trying to bring in more revenue? Because people, you don't build a bar for fun. You want to build a bar to make money, don't you? Uh I don't know if it was the, if you were the first. There are probably other people who can claim that, but it was certainly an unusual idea. Uh, my whole concept is based around what I want in a hotel and what I find irritating in a hotel. And what drives me mad, and I think drives most people mad, are extra charges. Hotels love to monetize. Monetize is a hotelier's favorite word. Additional charges. How can we drive revenue from this other source? I absolutely hate it. My favorite word is free. Can I give that facility for free? In 2006, we were giving Wi-Fi for free, which at that time, you were lucky to have Wi-Fi. And if you had Wi-Fi, it was normally plug-in, and you then didn't have a plug in the room. You'd have to, un you'd have to un plug the standard lamp to plug your computer in. So lots of PowerPoints, all the things that irritated me as a guest. Uh, and the social sustainability part is about community and using the facilities around you and becoming an economic multiplier locally. Mm. And it's, it's one of the Brundtland Report's three articles of uh, sustainability, economic sustainability, environmental and social. And the social part is often forgotten about and, th and thought of as the less important. But actually, when you look around us, community is incredibly important. It's about communicating with the people around you, being aware of the people around you, having that wonderful local feel when you walk into the shops, you know who's, who's behind the counter. Stay with me for much more from my business shaper today. He's Robert Nadler. He's the CEO and founder of the Nadler Hotels. And they're into connecting you with the community rather than hiding you away from it. And by the way, all the rooms are going to be free forever for everyone listening. I'm just, Robert, he's now, he's now not giggling. Um, he likes the word free and so do I. Time for some more music. This is Louis Armstrong with the brilliant Mac the Knife. Dig, man. There goes Mac the Knife. The iconic Louis Armstrong with the iconic Mac the Knife. Robert Nadler's my business shaper today, and we've been talking about his take on the problem to solve in the hotel business and what he went and did about it. Before you opened that first hotel back in 06, I think you said yes. 2006, you had done a number of things. I, I know you're, a, I believe you're a qualified charter surveyor. Correct. Um, I mentioned uh, earlier you were a policeman in Soho yeah. in the 1970s, and uh, you were CEO of, uh, of a public listed company. Obviously, being a policeman in the 70s is much more interesting than being a PLC chief exec. That bit's easy. Let, talk to me about the policeman. How did a, a guy like you end up being a, a copper? Uh, I was, I suppose, what you might say, a, a toy copper. I was a special constable. But it's, it is, um, a, you're fully accredited police officer you have a warrant card you carry that 24 7 it's rather like being in the territorials so when you're on duty you are you're not a community support officer you are a police officer but what made you do that robert what because obviously you're doing other stuff at the time this Absolutely. is a part was it the the sense that you talked about community and my instincts are as much as you're very good at making a profit you also have a really deep feeling that community is important was it that uh, it came from a number of different things. I'd been burgled. I'd come into contact with uh, with the police service uh, during that particular occasion. And I, f I found it very interesting. And I found I wanted to understand them a little bit more. And working within an organization, you get a very different feel 
from from that of an observer on the outside. So I, it was in a sense an experiment. What did I really think of them? I admire them hugely. Uh, I did then. I still do now. But you also saw some of the warts, and you understood why they were there, uh, and they were explainable and, and understandable. Because it it's not a perfect service, but my God, do we do it better than just about anybody else? You mentioned the word experiment then. It strikes me again that you, from Charter Surveyors, are very, on the whole, pretty structured and it's a pretty clear career and you, you've got, it's a pointy and important thing you have to do. You have to be precise and so on. Running a big PLC, there's a lot of precision. There's not much room for error. That, obviously, you let the experimental side of you blossom and you have done in the last 10 years. Was it always in there, though? Was that desire to express yourself and be creative there from an early age? It might have been, but I never had the opportunity to uh, uh, to let it out. I was put in a position uh, that I had to start work at a certain age. Uh, I had to be earning money. And um, I couldn't do perhaps the things that I might have wanted to do. At school, I thought I'd be a marine biologist at one point. I've done a lot of scuba diving. I thought I might be uh, a journalist. Uh, I love writing. But I found myself in a, a more prosaic career. Not that I regret it. I've enjoyed it. I've enjoyed everything I've done. A few years later, I, um, I was I became a salmon smoker, running a business that my family had been involved in, and which uh, I didn't have a lot of choice about getting into. It wasn't a, a lifestyle choice. It was again problem solving. We had issues in the business, and I wanted to run it. Uh, and being a salmon smoker is a very different role from being a, a chartered surveyor. Uh, at the time, in the mid 70s, I was the assistant to the senior partner at Jones Lang, where I was working. Uh, and then one week I was working at Jones Lang. The next week I was delivering salmon to Scots uh, down the street. In fact, one of the partners had bumped, in, bumped into me. And he said, when I heard you were going, I didn't realize you were doing this. He, could, he just couldn't get his head around it. And the reason I was delivering was it was a small business. And that day, the driver on that route was ill. And so you just you did your morning, you did what I had to do in the morning, and then picked up the van and did it because you have to do everything. A small business, you do what you have to do, cleaning the floor, whatever cutting the fish, which I can do pretty well. Well, if we need you to cut some fish, we'll get you back in later. Stay with me for my business shape today, Robert Nadler, the man who has literally seems to have done more things than most of us do in one lifetime, and he's already, he's still going. Latest travel in a couple of minutes, and before that, some words of wisdom from our programme partners at Mishkondere for your business. My name is Andrew Remington, and I'm a corporate partner at Mishkondere. Uh, I'm often asked by clients... Uh, what are the key issues to make sure that they do not lose sight of when entering into negotiations. Uh, one of the key components is understanding what your bottom line is. Um, very often clients will enter into a deal um, knowing that they need to do that deal at, at any cost. And very often that can be quite damaging because they don't know what their own limitations are and what, what restrictions they need to impose upon themselves before walking into the deal. So understanding what your limitations are, empathising with what the other side's position is, but realising that ultimately if you cannot achieve your bottom line that th there is another day and you should walk away from the transaction and very often the transaction may come, come back uh, at some later date but only if the deal terms are right for both sides. Jazz Shapers on Jazz FM In partnership with Mishkondorea It's business but it's personal.
You're listening to Jazz Shapers with me, Elliot Moss, every Saturday morning from 9am I get to meet someone who's shaping the world of business, whether they're shaping the world of smoking fish or being a policeman, even that's I suppose a shaping in a way or whatever it might be, um, it's all here and I've met some fantastic people in the past and indeed I have a fantastic guest today, his name is Robert Nadler and if you were listening earlier, he's the CEO and founder of Nadler Hotels and he has done a lot of things, lots of things indeed. All these different experiences, um, Robert, I I guess they unconsciously add up to something. In your case, what has it given you as you look now at building your, you know, X million pound business and you've got the four hotels, it'll be five, it'll be six. What perspective do you think you've gained from all these different views of life? I think there's some very clear messages uh, that I've learnt. Probably the most important is you have to be committed with whatever you do and in whatever you do. And it's extraordinary how when you commit yourself to something, how much you get back. Uh, If you're not committed, you don't get the feel of a business. And I remember talking about the police officer briefly. After a while, when when you're passionate about what you're doing, you enjoy what you're doing, you'd walk out into, because I was at Vine Vine Street, SC122, Vine Street Police Station, which no longer exists, and you'd walk out into Piccadilly on a Friday evening, and the streets are crowded, and you can almost tell what time of day it is, or what time of the evening it is, by the kinds of questions you're asked. But you walk out and you sense the atmosphere, and it almost comes through the pores on your skin, and you can feel, no, tonight's going to be a quiet night, or no, there's something in the air, I can just feel it. And you would most of the time be pretty accurate. Same with the fish business. one day, very early on, you'd go down to the market. I'd open the factory at half past four, five o'clock. You'd go down to the market just before 5.30. The bell would go in Billingsgate. And you could start buying fish then. You can't buy before. And one day, I decided to sleep in. Because getting up at 4.30 when you're in your 20s and you've still got a social life was pretty tough. I thought, what the hell? I'm not going to come in uh, till nine. And this was the days well before mobile phones or anything like that and fish was difficult to come by it was in the days you only had wild salmon farm fish was only just coming in and I come into the factory and there are frantic uh, people around me saying Robert where have you been where have you been because I didn't call anybody uh, one of my colleagues had opened one of the the, the, the foreman had opened the, the, the factory they've been trying to get hold of you down in the market and I thought what's happening I ring the guy he says we have had, had a parcel of fish we had a big parcel of fish I knew you were desperate to buy I've been holding on to it for you but I had to sell it because I didn't want to put it in storage. You ain't got it. And I thought, my God, I can never, ever sleep in again. And it, you have to have that commitment that it doesn't matter how tired you are, whatever's going to happen, you're going to do it. And you put yourself 100, 100% into anything. That's lesson number one. And when you do that, you get a lot back. You find that you put yourself into a position where you, people around you see you're committed, they're going to follow you you're not committed they're not going to follow you the other thing is life is about giving not taking there's so much more to life than accumulating uh, owning more possessing more possessions possessions possess you it's one of my wife's favorite favorite sayings uh giving is so much more fulfilling and you can do that in business uh you know you give to the left it comes back from the right and you give without expectation if you give with expectation, you spend all your life waiting for it to come back, and then you have a hole that you're never going to fill. You give because it's pleasurable to give. In a way, it is egocentric and, and selfish, perhaps, to do it that way. But ultimately, it's, that's what's satisfying, and that's what we're hoping to do in our hotels. We give, and we care. 
These are wise words. I'm making notes quite a lot of them, actually. Stay with me for much more from Robert Nadler, my fantastic business shaper today. Time for some more music. Branford, Marcellus Quartet and Kurt Elling are coming up right now with Doxy. We moved around a lot when I was a kid Cause my daddy was the traveling type The last thing in the world that he'd like to do Was to watch that box and smoke a pipe Yeah, we lived all over the city and the country And that's the reason why I got itchy feet And I want to kiss this down goodbye only thing I'll miss, yeah, after I'm gone, is this very special woman I know. That was Bramford Marcellus Quartet and Kurt Elling with Doxy. Robert Nadler is my business shaper today, and he's the CEO and founder of the Nadler Hotel Group. And there's four of them, and they have kind of redefined the way that hotel business works. They don't have all the extraneous things. They don't like charging for stuff. They like giving it to you for free, whether it was Wi-Fi from 2006 or a nice bit of a probably a, a pod of coffee in the room and all sorts of other lovely, juicy things. So when you get your bill there, you know what you've actually spent it on, and, and it's much clearer. Robert, you've been talking about lots of things about commitment and about giving and about sensing the atmosphere as you've built a team that wisdom that you've developed how have you inculcated that across the different businesses has it informed the way that they operate or is am i being a bit too sort of uh, romantic about the whole thing uh you're not being romantic about it it it's what we want to achieve obviously as you get bigger it becomes more difficult but in a strange way a chief executive or a leader gives a sense of what people should be doing and his presence the way he conducts himself uh, tends to trickle down so in, in, a le- in a leadership role it doesn't matter that you're always there or not you should leave a presence and I hope that I achieve that certainly when you look at the TripAdvisor reviews on our hotels it's clear that one of the, f- the really key elements in our business is, is the staff mm. uh, and the way that we've trained them and the way they respond to guests I want my team to be incredibly friendly but never familiar Uh, I don't want them to be haughty or standoffish we're not a five-star hotel with white tie we're very much a contemporary but very inclusive brand and I want my team to be the friendliest people there the most helpful people there but without being in your face and without ever being familiar which is what I hope uh, I give to them and obviously we have good we have training programs and we have get-togethers, and it's important that they enjoy what they're doing. Above all else, if they're not enjoying it, they're not going to be able to do it with heart. And we all sense whether people are doing things genuinely. Being genuine and being transparent are key to what I want from my team. They've got to to be doing whatever they're doing because they're enjoying doing it, and they care about it. The fact that they care about giving guests the best is really important. Have there been any fundamental obstacles to delivering this vision of care and this this vision of being generous and all those other things? Because it strikes me that the business has grown steadily. You haven't gone crazy and tried to expand it to 30. You've got plans to build a few more. But there must have been times when it wasn't so straightforward. You make it sound straightforward. Uh, that's quite a difficult one. Is it? Has it? I can't think of specific obstacles because I've been very fortunate in that my investors and partners, Western Heritable particularly, have been very understanding of the brand building and the business building, which isn't about maximizing short-term returns. You need, that's something you need in a business. You need uh, a 
congruency of uh, objectives. And they're, they're into building a business and a sustainable business. That's what sustainability is about. It's not about, can we squeeze a bit more out of here? Can we pay people a little bit less? Uh, can we work them a bit harder? No, it's about having a great team, having a great business, giving back, as I said, giving back to the guests so that the guests love you and want to come back and actually enjoy being in your premises. We're now in an industry that's incredibly transparent with TripAdvisor and Booking.com that have reviews on their website and on their, on their booking engine. Whatever you do is out in the public domain whether you want it there or not. So it's important that you do what you do in a genuine manner uh, and you're happy that it's out there uh, on the front page of whatever publication or other uh, medium uh, is available to the public and pretty much everything's available to the public now. Stay with me for my final chat with my guest today, Robert Nadler. Plus, you'll be hearing a track from Alfredo Rodriguez. That's off the latest Traffic and Travel. Jazz Shapers on Jazz FM. In partnership with Mishkondorea. It's business, but it's personal. The Cuban sound of Alfredo Rodriguez with I, Mama Ines. Robert Nadler is my business shaper just for a few more minutes. Um, and we've been talking about the new take on the hotel world, the reality of squaring our desires, people that stay in hotels for authenticity, for for not familiarity, but that warmth, and for just the stuff you need, not, not the stuff that you don't. And I love all of that, um, Robert. Do you think in five or ten years everyone will follow your lead? Is it just inevitable that eventually the word sustainability won't, a bit like technology, will be absorbed into just the way we are and the way that this industry works? Well, certainly environmental sustainability are better uh, follow. Uh, as Obama said, that the consequences of, gl- of, of climate change are already terrifying today. We have to be green. So that aspect of sustainability, certainly. I hope the social sustainability will form part of that, though it's, it doesn't have the same uh, existential uh, pressure that uh, that environmental sustainability does. I think I personally think it's important. I don't think it will be everybody. There are horses for courses. You can't do what I'm doing, perhaps in a uh, uh, in a resort. I, I suppose there is the element of the full the full service or fully inclusive price, and I think people do like that. We ha- we all hate minibars. We like the convenience of them. We hate the prices we have to pay. But actually, minibars probably don't make money for most hotels uh, because the cost of servicing them, filling them, etc., is too great. Uh, so no, I don't think I, I don't think what I've got is genius. The only route there is there are lots of others. Whether it's the sharing economy, which has. Um, very important, the, particularly the, the genuine sharing economy, which is a room in your flat or a, a, a bed in your room where the host is present and can give you a taste of the real taste of local, which is doing something the hotels can't do in the same way. And it stretches us and as it should. Uh, but no, I don't. I think there are going to be there's always going to be an array of different uh, of different offers and there'll be new things and new requirements. The new generations look for different things, want uh, want different things. Uh, and have different different tools with which to access them. Now, it's a very vision. You have a clear vision. You've got values underpinning it. 
We haven't talked about money per se because yeah. you said what it's about giving. Obviously, at the end of the day, you're running a business. The business is growing. At what point do you individually say, thank you very much, it's enough? Or is it not like that? No, economic sustainability has to be at the core of a business. If it's not economically sustainable, it's a waste of time. It doesn't last. Uh, and you want it, clearly you want to make a return. And in a sense, it's the, it's the, it's the business judgment of whether what you're doing is, is worth doing or not. If, you can't, if it's not economically sustainable, you're doing something wrong. Uh, and I'm a businessman uh, at, at my heart as well. Uh, at what point do I say it's enough when I stop enjoying it? Uh, other than that, there's no reason not to continue. I think replicability is difficult because what we like to do at the moment is have every hotel with unique features, unique elements. Uh, once you start getting into a certain critical mass, what, you, what you're looking for, and certainly the big brands are looking for to grow, is replicability. And then you lose some of the originality uh, of, of, each, of each unit, which is why I think some of the big restaurant brands uh, are struggling, because they grow to a level where suddenly you see it on every high street. It's a homogenization, commoditization of a product. And then you're into something, a completely different business, which is not what I want to be in. It's not exciting then. So it sounds like it's going to be a few more, but not millions more. And as long as Robert is enjoying himself, Robert's right at the end of driving. <laughs> sounds like that's what you're. That's, it, that's it, the gist of it. That's the gist of it. There may be others behind me coming <laughs> coming up in my footsteps who probably want to take, and I hope will want to take it on. Uh, but I think I'm probably at an age where uh, I want to be enjoying what I'm doing as well. And at the moment, I'm having a, a ball. You look like it. you're having a ball. Listen, it's been fabulous talking to you. Um, thank you for your time. It's Just a real before pleasure. I let you go, what's your song choice, and why have you chosen it? Okay, my song choice is uh, My Old Flame uh, by Keith Jarrett and, and Charlie Hayden from their album Last Dance. It's one of those songs that you, when you listen to, you stop and you think, I'm sure I have memories around this. But as it happens, I don't. But it's one of those songs that makes you feel, I ought to have memories. And maybe I'm just going to create those memories around it. I love it. Here it is for you, and hopefully you will be creating some brilliant memories around it. That was My Old Flame from Keith Jarrett and Charlie Hayden, the song choice of my business shaper today, Robert Nadler, someone who has created a new way of building hotels and servicing us, the general public, and he talks about the notion of social sustainability. Someone who expressed how important the idea of commitment is if you're going to be an entrepreneur. Really believe it and really do it. And finally, someone who believes fundamentally in giving, not taking. That has been Robert's model for building his business and long may it continue. Do join me again, same time, same place. That's next Saturday, 9am for another edition of Jazz Shapers. In the meantime, stay with us here on Jazz FM because coming up next, it's Nigel Williams. Jazz Shapers on Jazz FM. In partnership with Mish Condorea. It's business but it's personal.